The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You're listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show. With host Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Tune in every week as Tyler and Zan recap the biggest storylines and news in the NBA. Welcome to episode 208 of the Underdog Sports NBA show. I am Tyler Laurie and I am joined as always by my co-host out in L.A., Zandrick Ellison. Zan, a bit of a special edition episode this fine Friday morning. Yeah, we recorded one game ago, but we have to record a little special congratulations to Golden State Warriors, their fans, the people who believed in them, um, because they're waiting for that. I think that's really like the cherry on the Sunday for them as they drive to Disneyland and they pop in a podcast. They're probably listening to this and getting their their flowers, as the kids say. I mean, Draymond Green already has a podcast released from the game on Thursday night. He recorded it at. Uh, the Garden, I think, and he has Gary Payton and I believe Andre Iguodala as guests. So I don't, I don't know how he did it. I, it he, it's un- unbelievable that there's already a Draymond Green show episode up. But we're a little lazier than Draymond, and we have and, a little bit less to prove, I guess. Like Draymond wants to. No, well, we have more to prove. I think. No, no, so I, I mean, job, but... no, no, no. That that was that was that was a mis mis uh, communication on my part. Like Draymond had a lot of things to say I, right. I think based on we have how- less to say that's what people want to hear when they tune in so what do you want to say because you were really amped to do this special edition title edition season roundup edition yeah maybe I- it's because of draymond you've always loved draymond he played really well ever since his little like you know yeah, he, subbing he, out he, for he was really well. good since coming back into the game in game four I, I don't know you know i don't know there's a lot of things to kind of take away from game six but I think ultimately the, the takeaway is that Golden State was a better team, in my opinion, than Boston. Like we, we, we debated this a bunch. And before the series, we both picked Golden State to win. Um, the series did not go how I expected it to go. There were definitely signs that Boston was really good, like maybe better than Golden State. But I, I think at the end of the day, the most impressive thing to me is that like the Warriors through like all the struggles, like managed to get back and, and, win even in a different way than they had won in the past. And, and I'm, I, I, I found myself like very interested in hearing them speak after the game and, and kind of like watching Steph Curry and watching Clay Thompson. And I don't know that this is it. I, I, I don't think I would have bet on the Warriors to win a title after Clay Thompson got hurt in 2019. We might've talked about that at the time. I don't know, but Clay is very clearly like a shell of himself, but he held up well enough defensively in this series. He did a really good job on Jalen Brown in the minutes that he had to. And, you know, Steph is very clearly still (laughs) Steph Curry. And I think the last two and a half games of Draymond, you know, game six was just like absolutely peak Draymond Green in terms of like what he gives you. He made some jumpers, which you don't expect. And they were, they were big, but like, you know, Zan, from a defensive standpoint, all the times that you've made fun of me for saying like Draymond's as important or more important than Steph, like, we saw on Thursday night, like what he brings to the table when he's at his best, he's just an absolute force. And, you know, I don't really agree that the Warriors should be the favorites next year. I think there's a lot of things to consider one being, are they going to pay 150 million in tax another year? They probably will, to be honest, but 
it just was a really good team win. I thought, I, I thought everybody contributed in the way that they're supposed to contribute. And we don't see that come together that often, if that makes sense to you. Sure. No, I mean, it was an interesting win because I'm still not a hundred percent convinced that they're better as a team than Boston, but it was, that sounds crazy, but it's a good, ma- it, was, it was a good matchup. For right. That's Boston was a good it's definitive proof. I think that they match up much better against Boston or at least yeah. this version of Boston. If Tatum's not, you know, not playing well but and, and a hundred percent, I saw someone give the take online and I think this is very clear and we'll talk about Boston before, but like Boston isn't, like Boston is big and strong and athletic, but they're not like quick, get to the rim, finish at the rim. They're kind of like, we're going to beat you up. And that's better for this team. Right. Cause like right. Steph and clay can stay in front of guys, but like they struggle a little bit more with like pure athleticism of like the John Morant's of the world. Right. Cause we saw them really do well against. Well, and, yeah, and that, well. That's a great point about Draymond's defensive impact because he's not a traditional rim protector, but like, Boston really couldn't take advantage of the fact that Golden State was playing small. They were, I mean, they were terrible at the rim all series. Like Golden State was the better defensive team in this series. Boston, By far. And, held- you know, I, you make fun of this maybe, but I really do think Gary Payton Jr. or the second made a huge difference in this series because, look, defensive rating, when he was in the game, they held Boston to 95 per he was, 100. He was really good. You're right. And then also, like, we said, is he a the best perimeter defender is he better than Marcus Smart perimeter defender? I think probably, but I I think there was nothing more clear in this series than the fact that like Marcus Smart is a good defender, but Marcus Smart, in my opinion, is he's not a special special. No, defender. he doesn't move the needle. And, he's a, and he's a really good him. defender. He's a good. There's but there's a lot of guys that can do what Marcus Smart does on the defensive, defensive. side of the yeah. And aside from like the flopping and reputation, maybe, but. Gary Payton, like second, I'm saying like, not only I think is he one of the top five perimeter defenders in a vacuum, but I think he was particularly a good matchup for Golden State against the, you know, those Boston wings, just because like Jalen Brown's just not a great ball handler and you have this like pesky defender poking at yep. him. Yep. Totally agree. And, and, and that, that makes him different than a guy like Marcus Smart, right? Like right. Smart will get steals, but he plays a lot of minutes, but like Gary Payton, like puts ball pressure on you as a ball handler like he creates more steals if that makes sense and like i'm not saying again we we've been dogging marcus smart a lot and you know you try to guard steph curry right like it's not going to go super well for a lot of guys but i agree with you they didn't play gary payton in game one right they gave up 116 points yeah, and they even had a hard- I, I wish they had the plus minus for the series i know it's not great game to game but i felt like he was plus 15 every game Oh, I don't know if they have it actually. I could, I could actually. Well, I know in the last game he was around in game six, the decisive. He was game plus six, eighteen in game six. Plus eighteen. Wow. Derek White minus twenty six. That's not great. Uh, he was plus sixteen in game five. So now what? Are, what are we? We're at plus. We can do this math right now. We're at plus thirty four. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they won game four. He was. Derek White is just the opposite of him, honestly, as I as I look at this. Minus one only. Okay, so we're plus 33. Game three, I'll look it up. Oh, minus 13. Oh, that, that hurts us. Our plus argument. 20. And then he was like, he was in game two, it was like plus 15. So plus 35 for the series. And, you know, I don't and know they, what the yeah. aggregate score of the series was, although I could probably look that up too. No, they, they won by, let's see, they, they won by four times six, no, six so 24. Six, six, six 29. And six oh five, so closer than we thought. It was twenty four. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a thing with like Gary Payton. So where, they're saying without Gary Payton, they were negative. 
yeah, it, it doesn't really work like that. You know, I mean, what you're saying, you can't just like take him away. But yeah, they, they were negative. No, in the non-Gary Payton minutes, they were they were negative. That's you can't do that. Uh, well, yeah, if you if you removed Gary Payton, they had a they had a negative differential. That's correct. Right. That's what I'm saying. So, and you don't want to give them all the credit. It's just like the straw that breaks the camel's back when you add another you know really good perimeter defender. They needed they needed Gary Payton. If they didn't have to play Andre. Iguodala, which I, I mean, nobody was upset about that. Also, like Iguodala is like as engaged as anybody on the bench. Like he's literally like there. There were times in games where he was on the court talking yes. to players, which is you know it's great. Like I said, I we were talking right before we recorded. Like I'm I'm always blown away by how like thoughtful and intelligent Iguodala is, just in terms of like just non basketball stuff. Like he just is you know he's got a lot of interest, but I'm very curious if he's going to run it back because like you know, you've been kind of over Andre Iguodala for some years as a basketball player. And, and you're right at this point, like it's, it's, he's not a guy that needs, I don't to think he's been good since he won finals MVP. No, 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 no. He was, he was good in some of their later finals for sure. I, I understand what you're saying though. Like peak Iggy. I mean, I don't think he's averaged double figures since 2015. Yeah. In golden, since golden state. Yeah. He, I so, mean, since 2013. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a while. He is who he is. Right. And, and he, you know, he's a huge part of their foundation and, and, and sort of buying into like what they need to do. But I just wonder, like, is he just going to keep signing minimums with the Warriors, staying in shape, playing spot minutes in, in spot and in, in like areas and, and kind of like being that Udonis Haslam guy? I don't, I don't know. I, I truly don't know, because if he retired, I think it'd be totally justified. But if he wants to keep playing, I, I think there's definitely he, some actually value. I think he is one. That's an interesting topic because he's a rare guy that I think would make more money as an executive than he would as a player right now. Mm, like somebody might pay him. No, like, I mean, his minimum like a million, a two million. Like, I, I don't know how much he could get as like a, you know, the 15th man. And uh, if you, if you're looking long-term, maybe he thinks, you know, Udonis Haslam's clearly like made the choice to just be he, like he a would player. Make, he, he would make more as, that way. He would make more as a player, Sam. His his uh his minimum deal at the end of this year is two point eight million. So that's the minimum. Okay, for for a ten year vet. Yeah. Okay. So then then I'm wrong about that. But I do think he's the kind of guy who you were debating what's he going to do. I think he should do, you know, pick a franchise and be like sort of the ambassador or GM. Do Dwayne Wade thing, right? Like Wade as part owner, or you know, James Jones in Phoenix. You know, just be like the guy for whether it's Golden State or. I don't know. I mean, Golden State's so stacked, maybe they don't need the help, but, um, you know, just sort of be like the recruiting, you know, GM type because people want to play for him. But so, so, so like, let's talk about Golden State for a second in, in the future. Like, so Wiggins has one more year left on his deal. They're, they're very clearly not moving him at this point. Clay, maybe with a healthy offseason, can get back to being somewhat of the guy i mean he's clearly not that guy right sam like he, he really struggled to make shots at times but he, he should be better next year though, yeah you think? I, I agree I, I mean he should be in theory but like also if he just decided he was going to retire because he was like done playing basketball that wouldn't surprise me either like he's, he's no, i funny. think he needs like a good you don't take two years to come back just for a few he months. was a huge part of this though yeah. like i mean as, as 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 down on clay as like we've been this is still a guy that played I mean, he still, still averaged played, 19 points in the playoffs. Still, he, hit. St- he played 39 minutes a game. In, yeah, shooting I mean, nine threes a game. Like he, 
And the shooting is still pretty much there. I mean, it might be like missed, 90% is good, but yeah, he missed some open shots and he still takes, like he can't get to spots at the exact same rate, but again, he was, he, he held up decently well defensively, which we did not think was going to happen in game one. I, I believe I even said like, this probably isn't the series for Clay Thompson. Then all of a sudden games four, five and six, he was like, yeah, I think if he was stopper. a free agent right now, the age of 32, he just turned 32. I think people, I don't think he's going to get at max or anything, but he would get 25 million or something like that. Just because people will presume he'll get a little bit million a year. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. You Maybe think? 20. Wow. He's 31 I mean, he's, coming off. Well, I'm not saying, you know, five-year contract, but I mean, the shooting is just still so valuable. The fact that yeah. he's, you know, strong six, 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 seven, he could play, you know, multiple spots. Um, he's still like going to be a positive player. This is not like a Russell Westbrook situation. Maybe. I don't know, honestly. Like, I'm not, I, I think he'll be fine. And I think in this system, he'll be fine. And I would expect him to be pretty good. And, you know, Draymond is, is another one where you wonder now, like, you know, he, he's also 31, right? And Steph's, I think, 33. So they're older. They do have Wiggins is in the middle, right? Wiggins is 28. And, uh, you know, he's become a better player than I ever thought he was going to be. And Jordan Poole is, uh, Jordan Poole's great. Jordan, yeah. Jordan Poole's great. I, I love He's got, These guys are all locked up, the guys you mentioned, for next year. But in right. but the, the year, year after, after, Poole and Wiggins are going to be free agents. And then that's going to be the real decision. So, so, so it might my, just be like a one more year roll it back. Right. And my question really to you is like, you know, Bielitsa was a big part of this, honestly. Played some spot minutes. And Otto Porter was like a huge part of it. And somebody is going to offer Otto Porter, you know, without the injury concerns. Like this is a guy that's probably worth 10, 15 million a year, right? Like you're talking about a wing who can play passable defense, who can make an open three. Like he's been a good player in the league before. Do you think the injury concerns with him will drive his market down enough that he might just say like, Hey, I want to stay in Golden yeah. State or he's and, and you mentioned before he's made a lot of money. He, yeah. He, he, he's the type of guy and his personality and what I know of Otto Porter from his time in DC, like he could just say like, Hey, I'll sign for the minimum. Like, it could be, but at the same time, only 28 years old. His career is not over unless yeah, he, the injuries are 29 is turned 29. So, but so he's the type of guy that someone honest to God could pay 60 million to. Well, and the, I think he would only leave. You got your ring. I think he would only sign if you can get like 10 million somewhere, like you're saying. Yeah, like a big, a team, big team. Yeah. For a team like the Lakers, the Nets, who should have been trying to sign him. I think they were trying to sign him this summer, well, last that, summer. I, I made that point to somebody else, saying that like the Warriors, the checkbook comment just rubbed me like in such a like negative way for Brian Windhorst because like their culture allowed them to sign some of these dudes on minimum deals. And yeah, they had to pay tax to do it, but like the soft cap, the NBA, this is what it is, right? They're not skirting any rules. So like Otto Porter could have gone to Brooklyn. He could have gone to the Lakers and he wanted to go to Golden State, right? Like it's yeah. that they should, they deserve credit for that. Are they, I mean, unbelievable amount of credit. And I think that's like the biggest takeaway. Gary Payton was their 15th man, right? Like right. Joe Lake or no, no, no. Bob Myers said like it cost him $12 million to sign Gary Payton, but they signed him to a minimum deal. And he's like you said, the, the, these two guys, they don't win the title without these two guys. It just doesn't. Well, and happen. also Gary Payton's not like. Otto Porter had choices. Like Gary Payton's just trying to get a contract. Yeah, there was, there was, so he, he was really funny in his post game. Like, so he's a, he goes up there with Iguodala and they're asking Iguodala a lot of questions. They asked Gary Payton like a couple. And uh, one of the questions was like, you were thinking about taking like an NBA video coordinator job before the season, which that can't possibly be true, Zan, right? Like, no, no, I, I heard his logic boy. And I, I think it made sense. He but said how about, that. Like, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, because, you know, Gary Payton, has been a guy who's like a G League player for the last few years. He's you know, barely a bunch getting of teams. on non non guarantee fringe yeah. guy, ninety nine cents store kind of guy. 
Um, he was going to get paid more. He might get paid more than 99 cents this summer. He's, he's but his, his argument was, so he literally, he said he considered taking the video coordinator job, which is like one of the lowest level coaching. Yeah. Jobs, you, right? And you're, you're on the, you're on the floor. Like you learn, you kind of get in the coaching pipeline. Yeah. Right. And so his argument was, it wasn't that he wanted to get in coaching. He just thought, you know, rather than go to the G league and kind of prove himself in the G league again, if he just like hung around the team, then if they needed a guy, they would, just call him. they would just like bring him in because he already knows the team and knows the system, pretty, et cetera. It's pretty good logic. But then at the end of the interview, so Iggy gets up, they leave. I, I can't remember who was coming in, like Wiggins maybe or Clay, probably Clay Thompson to talk trash about Jaron Jackson Jr., which was awesome. Uh, but, but Gary Payton holds up his phone and he had been on FaceTime the entire interview and was like, shout out to my crew in Vegas. And it's just like four squares that were just sitting there on FaceTime while he was doing the post-game press conference. And I, I think like one of the things about the Warriors that was so impressive is that like they are, aside from Draymond, who people think is unlikable at times, and there's other times where he's like tremendously likable, right? When he's on like inside the NBA. But like the Warriors were like a likable bunch. Like it, it, I thought it was very clear that like the general public wanted the Warriors to yeah. win the title. I think they're Boston. one of the more likable universal approval since, you know, the Spurs, I think maybe, but like the, but people, I think since the Jordan Bulls that, were like a public team. And people used to say that like the Spurs were boring, right? Like, eh, yeah. we don't really like them. But like this Warriors team, they were very unlikable with Kevin Durant from the sense that like, it just didn't matter if they were at full strength, they were going to win. They had, KD and Steph and you know Clay at his peak and like it was stupid right we did a million podcasts about how dumb the NBA was even though we enjoyed it and still watched it like but like the 2014-15 Warriors were very fun right like it was a fun oh, for group. sure and, and and universally loved I think and this and this group is similar and like I said I, I think it's it's real interesting now kind of my last thing on the Warriors I, I think oh, I have a lot more on the Warriors no my, I'm saying like my last like main like takeaway oh, okay. I I think that. Steph Curry, it's going to be awful hard. You know, let's just say he has two more like really good years. And there's no reason to think that he might not have more than that. But like, it's going to be awful hard to keep Steph Curry out of like top 10s, top 15s, you know? No, for sure. Well, let's talk about that. Because I think, let's say this season alone, I mean, it sounds obvious, but I think if you had to like write the story of the season, like, hey, it was the return of the Warriors, right? Return of Steph Curry, finals MVP. Um, and and I think maybe the the B story or maybe the A story, really, if I had to like rank the, the stories of the season, that would be the first one. And I think the second one that really like characterized the whole year was the Lakers and Nets flopping. Those are like the two preseason favorites. Lakers were a disaster. Brooklyn had the like internal disaster, had to trade Harden. I think those were the two biggest storylines this year. Yeah, and and all, kind of a, in that same vein too, Zan, it's like there's the old guard of star, right? Like Giannis, I'm not going to count. He, he's obviously older than than like Tatum and Luka and Durant, or and uh, Doncic, uh, Morant. But like, you know, your LeBron's, AD's, KD, Harden, like they're fading a little bit, right? Like, and, mm-hmm. and Steph was the best player in the playoffs. Yeah. And if you had to give like a season award for best player, I mean, maybe it's, it's, tough, you it's, know? it's hard I to mean, argue. You've, you've argued this for years that like, just start voting on MVP after. No, I've never said that. Cause no, no, I think that, it's a regular season. Award. 
Well, because yeah. if you did that, it would just be whoever won the title. The best be. player in the finals. Yeah. yeah. But um, but Steph was awesome in the playoffs. Steph, like, he was really good. And yeah. the I was going to say also, like, and also I wanted to rank a, a few more season awards. I think the game, the most important player performance of the year was that I think that his fi- it's not recency bias, is it? Like the game, whatever it was, five game or four. four yeah. when he had they lose the they lose the series. They were down four with five minutes to go. They close on a big run. He was spectacular. They probably lose the series if they go down three one. Like I don't, I don't I mean probably probably putting it nicely. Like yeah. And then I think the the biggest game of the year. This might be overstating it, maybe, but I do think like the most memorable individual game of the year was Phoenix and Dallas, right? In game seven, game seven, yeah, getting blown out in game seven because ev- the whole year they had been. But you like, said that that was what I thought of too when you were like most memorable game. I was, yeah. I was going to say, and there are other really good games, and you know, one of the things about this finals is that I think every single game was actually decided by double figures, but it felt. Much yeah, closer and much more intense. Like I, I very much enjoyed like the ebbs and flows of this specific series and teams making adjustments. And and one of the things that I was so impressed with was I, I, Steve Kerr. I mean, he's played with Michael Jordan. He won five titles. Yeah. Played with played with Tim Duncan. You know, coached Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. And so you you, you could say that like Steve Kerr has been very fortunate, and he certainly has. But like. The guy's done an unbelievable job. Right. And that's what I wanted to do too. Like looking back, like let's do the legacy thing. Cause Steve Kerr, I mean, he's nine look, he's titles, nine titles. And I mean, where do you put him on just like the most successful, like basketball careers? It's like, I mean, Phil, like it's like, it's like Jordan, Phil Jackson and him. Seriously. Well, like Bill Russell. Or, well, um, no, we're not count- like if you played <laughs> against plumbers, you don't. Oh, I, I, I never agree with no, that, no, no. but. He but Steve Kerr, like, I think his career is like a little misunderstood in the sense that, like, I think people tend to overrate him as a as a player, like, yeah. especially young made, players. Yeah, he's got young, a big, he made fans. a big shot. Like, he was never a great, great player. No, like, young he's, fans, a whole, he's gonna be a Hall of Famer for sure now. Yeah, but I, I know a lot of young fans who are like, Jordan had such a stacked supporting cast, so you know, Pippen and Kerr. It's like Chris, yeah, he's like a backup. Steve, Steve Kerr doesn't count. <laughs> he was like always a backup. Um. But he did have that big shot in Chicago. He did have that one huge game. Do you remember in San yeah, Antonio? In San Antonio, Antonio where he like, hit like five threes. Five threes. Or yeah. Um, so he won five titles as a role player. And then to come in and win <laughs> four I mean, titles Zan, as a coach. Zan, like, I thought this was like almost his best coaching performance this year. I, I will say this like, if you're not a plus player, you do not get an opportunity to win five titles as a role player. You know? Like, um, yeah, I agree. Like it's, and then I, w- I was, you know, it's interesting. I was doing a uh, writing about each coach's playing career and some of them were great players like Jason Kidd and, and Steve Nash. Most of them were not, but almost to a man, they played a really long time. And so Steve Kerr played, you know, 10 plus years, Monty Williams, you know, similar thing, even like Darvin Ham, like they played longer than you would expect given their production. So, I, think, I think even, I think even Ime played like seven or eight years yeah, hung yeah, around for that long in the league. Or like Nate McMillan types, like they all played like almost. Well, Nate McMillan was, was a really good player. Yeah, well, ten years plus, but he he really is. Steve Kerr is like, I mean, I thought he had a great job coaching this year, making adjustments because that had been sort of a criticism of him before. Um, and then Steph Curry, where do you rank him? Like, and where do you rank this team all time? Because I thought the broadcast was right, 
Ben Gundy said this is probably the least talented, least talented. warriors. And he, he said that as a compliment, basically, to the to the coaching staff. But obviously, this team is if you don't have Kevin Durant, you're gonna be less talented than the team that has Kevin Durant. But what about I think they're less talented than the, the prior title teams? The title team, I guess. You're talking about like the 73 win team and the team before. Yeah, when they had like Harrison. So I don't know, honestly. Like obviously, like Steph and Clay. They're all like was five like, years older. I mean, they're yeah, they're definitely so, not so, as good as they were. So that matters. And Draymond was a bit and more. And even Steph Curry, like that's the amazing thing about Steph Curry and his legacy. Like he was the best player in the playoffs, finals MVP unanimously. And he was better five years ago than this. He, I mean, he, you know, he was banged up in the playoffs, but like, I, I understand what you're saying. Like he was a better player then than yeah. he is now. Uh, one of the things that I was really impressed with was Steph among a lot of things you know, he was really patient on Thursday night. I thought there, there were some times. So Boston comes out, they go up 14 to two golden state punches back. You could tell that like Boston was, was just not ready. They were shook a little bit. Like as soon as golden state came back, like Boston started throwing it all over the court. I, I actually thought golden state had a chance to put the game away in the first half and closed the first half very poorly when Boston was like sort of unraveling after like smarts third and Tatum's third. And like, you could tell like they were kind of teetering, but in the fourth quarter, you know, Boston made some shots, right? Al Horford made a three. Jalen Brown made a big three after he was, you know, injured. They, they closed the third quarter on a big run. And Steph just, like, instead of, like, forcing shots, which we were critical of him in game five, like, he just, when he got Horford on, he just drove him, right? Finished at the rim. Like, found, found Wiggins, then was able to relocate for his own three. Like, he, he just was so patient offensively in game six. And I think in game five, like, you know, I, I said that he was, pretty good defensively. And I thought he played pretty well as a playmaker, despite his poor shooting. But like, I do think in game five, he was adamant that like he had to score for them to win. And I thought game six was like a really perfect blend of both things. Like he was able to kind of like take what the defense gave him and, and the way that they were guarding him because then they started to switch again with Horford. And, you know, you had said, and then I had agreed with you that they needed to play Horford less, but the problem was like when Horford was good offensively in the third quarter, when you, Nobody else was good offensively except for Jalen Brown, and even he wasn't really great. So, like, they couldn't take Horford out, and Curry was like, all right, well, if you're going to play out Horford, like, I'm going to get off and go to the rim. And that, That's a good point because I, I, I just said that Steph was better, you know, five or six years ago. But the one thing I think he's better at now, you mentioned, is a little bit more patience and picking his spots. Like, just looking at the numbers from their first title run, he averaged 3.9 turnovers per game in the playoffs the next year was 4.2 this year it was down to 2.6 so he still makes a couple of turnovers here and there but he you know he's more in control i think now maybe because he needs to be i don't know i mean uh, yeah that's i mean jason tatum had tw- like jason tatum had 23 turnovers in six games like that's a ton obviously steph had 15 that's for a guy who handles the ball as much as he does, like I'm, I'm sure his usage percentage was more than Tatum's, but I, I don't know that for a fact. Yeah. It was. Well, let's talk about legacy. So where would you rank? Bill Simmons said this is not a dynasty. I, I, that seems weird. Um, I'm sure if there's ever a case of sour grapes, the rich guy who spends a lot of money to like, I think he went to game six. I know he was in but, Golden State. Yeah, I think he went to the last one. Where, where, where do you rank like the Golden State ex- teams? Where do you rank Steph Curry all time? There's a lot of similarities in this team to like the, the Spurs mm-hmm. and obviously the Spurs did it for a longer period of time, just continually winning 50 games. And but the Spurs got lucky with Tim Duncan. Um, they got very, the, the Warriors got very lucky with Steph Curry, very different situations, obviously, but you know, very humble 
kind of stars that, that, that really like set the pace for how you want to play, like and set what your culture is going to be. And so like, while I wouldn't consider this team to be, you know, the nineties bulls. I think it's hard to, I don't remember who said it, but like in a hundred years, like you and I won't be talking about it, but like, it's going to be hard to eliminate like the, the Draymond clay Steph like trio from like basketball history in terms of like how successful they've been. They've lost like four series as a, as a unit. Like it's amazing. And obviously they lost the playing game last year, but like we're full, full strength. I, I think this dynasty, like it's gotta be up there with like, you know, the eighties Celtics or the eighties Lakers, right. They're, they're just as they've won four titles in eight years in, in a sport that, you know, granted the KD years make it a little bit muddled because like, but they were they were in the finals with the year before him and basically the year after him. Right. Hurt, prior so. prior to KD being there. And then when they were full strength without him, like they get back to the finals and they win. And like that's it's almost more impressive. You know, one of the things about the Patriots that's been like so impressive is that like Tom Brady basically had like five different careers, right? Like yeah, he won early two thousands and they were really good in the mid two thousands, but they didn't really win. And then all of a sudden he wins again in like the late two thousand tens. Like it's, it's, I, I, you know, you kind of stole my take because, and other people have said compared them to San Antonio too. But I, I think the teams of our lifetimes, the multiple title teams, I would lump the Kobe Shaq teams, kind of comparable to me to the LeBron Miami teams, teams because yeah. it's like two of the top five guys or whatever they were with a clear best player in the league. And it's just like overwhelming star but the, power. But the Spurs had Tim Duncan, who was clearly one of the best players in the league. And then they had a bunch of other very, very good right. players. Your Tony Parker's your Manu Ginobili's. And then, a, you know, Kawhi's a good a coach, good organization. And the thing you mentioned, I think is the most similar. So the Spurs won four titles, you know, in the, in their prime basically. And then they didn't make the, they didn't win the title for the next, six years so it felt like they kind of lost their window right when they came back and beat miami um in sort of decisive fashion and that feels real similar to golden state here where it's like it felt like they were kind of you know over the hill there were people talking about should they blow it up and, and build around weissman remember like during the draft at least like i mean are they ever going to get back over the the top of the mountain imagine and, if james weissman can actually like contribute and, and i think at this point Factoring him into doing anything next year would be pretty like. Although I did see him shooting threes and, and warm ups, he looked pretty Great. good. You, you, uh, you. you uh, but yeah, that's the next question. But... So looking back at that, and then what about Steph versus Magic? I don't feel like I could even make that because I, I, I don't know. I, I'll say this: I think LeBron is the best player of this era. Mm-hmm. And then after that, if you wanted to rank Steph Curry second, I would not argue. Like if you wanted that's, to tell me, like old. I, like if you, like I, I don't think. See, it's 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 interesting. Of like the 2000s, let's say post. That's what I'm saying. Era. Like yeah. I, I would like, yeah, post Jordan era exactly. Like I would include like you know Kobe, KD, Kobe, Shaq, Duncan. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I would say I would say I'd probably have Duncan ahead of Steph. I I think just just I, I would probably still have Duncan as like the second best guy, but I think it's it's really hard. Like I, I don't particularly think there's a great argument for like. KD over Steph and I don't I, I mean I understand like rings culture and like everyone who loves Kobe is going to say like obviously Kobe's better than Steph but like I personally think Steph is better and more impactful than Kobe Bryant and I think that's I, the that's the debate to me is like I would rank LeBron first again agreed um then it's Steph versus Kobe Kobe has an extra title but that came under the wing of Shaq I think, like, I Steph, think Steph is right there in that like Shaq Duncan Kobe 
Yeah, I would rank Steph above Kobe personally. This is just, you know, whatever, no stats to back it up. Because I think Steph, like at his most impactful, especially like six years ago, was like clearly the most impactful player in the NBA. He's LeBron. So let me take this a step further. LeBron changed the NBA in terms of like, oh, we could go small around a jumbo ball handler and not, you know, we can we can run the floor and like we can play a stretch big, right? They used, they did that around like Chris Bosh and obviously like Dwight Howard and the, Ma- the Magic did that a little bit and, and the Suns started that, right? But Steph Curry totally changed the way everybody played basketball. Yeah. And I mean, th- the amazing thing we, we just mentioned is like, he's not as good as he was. You know, he's Still shooting pretty. 40, 40, 40% from three. This year he only shot 38%. But yeah, I know. It's the only time in his, in his career, peak, right? he was shooting 45% from three in a league where that is like clearly the most important shot in the league. I, I mean, there's no way like, okay, we talked about this a little bit in the last show, but like Gary Payton, for example, probably a guy that's going to make some money this offseason, but like every single person that plays with Steph Curry with, with the exception of Draymond Green, I, I will say, I think Draymond Green can be who he is defensively on any team. If he's locked in, if he doesn't care, we've, we've seen that too, Zan, and it's, it's not pretty, but Every single player on the Warriors that you would like want to sign, I would be very worried at how they are on offense without Steph Curry because he's yeah. that impactful. There, there was, uh, I wish I could quote the stat, but they said in the finals, mm-hmm. their offensive rating was like 114 per 100 possessions with him and like 88 without him. Yeah. Um, so I would say Curry's better than Kobe personally, although people could just throw the rings in my, my face. I think I think he's better than, I think he's better than. And I would rank him ahead of Shaq based on like a little longer peak. Not sure. Honestly, Sha- Shaq is a, Shaq's is, peak was was probably better. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. It's weird. And 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 Shaq also, Shaq is like one of my favorite guys because like he also now you know he he was kind of like a famous like dick during his career. Yeah, but like now he still has those dickest moments on like inside the NBA. But now Shaq has like the good guy thing too, where like he's just this great dude. He's got a ton of money from like investing, and and so I think Shaq is remembered almost more favorably because of as he's just like a person people like a little bit like Charles Barkley. Like these are all time great hall of famers, top 50 guys of all time, but young guys just probably tend to rank them very high because they See, know. I kind of disagree. Cause I thought Shaq at his peak was as dominant as anybody. I thought he was the best player in the NBA for like a three year span. Of yeah. I mean, it wasn't even close either. And so like I would cared re- to be in shape. Like, but it could be like maybe a load. Maybe he was ahead of the curve in terms of load management. I don't know. I don't know about all that. Um, like this is a guy that was seven one, three hundred and like eighty pounds, and he was playing like forty five minutes a night in the playoffs. By the way, like I, I'm, I'm just saying. Like, well, let me just finish this because I think Curry would. I would rank him ahead of Duncan, which is hard would to say. Ahead of Duncan, I, think I would. I think it's hard to do that because I, I think Duncan. A lot of times it was like a lot of intangibles, like defense, and like he was so good defensively too. Yeah, so it's some, sometimes a little hard to like spot Duncan as the best player in a series where it's Curry is like clearly the best player in the series. Um, and it's an interesting take. I don't, I'm not sure. And then this is my controversial take. Maybe I'm a Durant Homer. I think Durant is a little better than Curry. And I say that you, because it's, it's hard. You're, you're comparing him as a player versus right. like what his playing career is. resume is. And I think that's well, those yeah, are two different conversations. Kevin Durant might be the most talented basketball player who ever lived. Well, that that's my argument is like until Victor Wana Benya or whatever comes up. <laughs> well, I think, you know, legacy wise, it's going to be impossible to argue against this against Curry over Durant. But in terms of context, I think, you know, look, we saw them play together. Like Durant's like a much better defensive player. 
I think he he has like a similar like unstoppable impact on offense, although he needs to shoot more. I disagree with that. His teams um, sometimes struggle on offense, but he right, never, okay, but he's just a, a and I think the context of. I thought it at the time. Like I think Durant was really hamstrung by Westbrook in Oklahoma City. He's I saw still like the best player in the NBA. What are you talking? I, about? I mean, in terms of title wise, like there, he's, there, there he's not things. a title winning guy, <clears throat> Westbrook. And then he goes to Golden State, proves how good he is. Proves and then the injury he won an hurts. MVP and then now he's sidled with you know Kyrie and his issues and Harden's <laughs> issues. He has a. I think if you put, switch places, I think Durant would win every title that Curry did. Uh, I do. I'm trying to think now. Maybe I do not the first agree with one. that. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, d- I don't know that I agree with that. Uh, I think it's an interesting take. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm not 100 sold this? on I'll that meet either. You, I'll meet you halfway. Like I don't think that Steph Curry is more talented of a basketball player than Kevin Durant. I don't think that. Like I don't. I don't know how many. I think LeBron maybe has a case. But like, and then also just, to Durant's credit, I think he's done it longer too in terms of more games played. Well, Curry, even you know, Curry was banged up early in his career, yeah. but like when he's been healthy, Steph Curry has been arguably one of the best five, if not. I mean, there are people that will argue he's the best player in the NBA. I don't know that I, I feel that way. I think there are. He is the only. Curry's guy, a little older and has played a hundred less games. Let me let let's let's call it what it is, though, Zant. He is the only small guard that has been able to win a title yes. as the best player on the team since like Isaiah Thomas. Nobody else has been able to do that. Yeah. So, like, so I mean, it is amazing. Like, You're right. Like, I mean, like everyone's talked for years about like, you know, Chris Paul and like, he's the point guard and everything like that. And, you know, I understand he's a different player than Steph Curry and, and, you know, the Warriors sort of unlocked who Steph was by just letting him be himself. Whereas some other coaches would not have done that. But like, there is like no comparison. Like, like Steph is miles ahead of Chris Paul in terms of like yeah. NBA legacy, right? And and I'm just saying, like, we we both probably agree Chris Paul is the best like point guard of this era, and Steph is way ahead of him. Yeah, and, and just like the three point shooting is just such an outlier. What about now looking ahead? You said like Curry, you're kind of writing him off. He's under contract for four no, no, more no. Years. I, I'm not. I'm not writing him off. I, I think that Golden State's. Yeah. So like, what's their window? Like we so mentioned the contracts I mean, in terms of Wiggins and Jordan Poole, like in terms of financially keeping this team together, it's maybe just one more year, but well, like yeah, how I, I far would, can they go? Beyond I don't know. That? I didn't, I didn't think they were going to, I thought they were good enough at the start of the year to win the title. I, I obviously before the year did not think that they, they were good enough. And then when I watched, when we watched them play, I think we both agreed right away. Like, Oh, this team's really good. Like there's, and, and then the question, like the hard part of caging their window is like, maybe throw Wiseman out with the trash, but, Kaminga is gonna be a player at some Moody, point. Moody could be pretty good. Wiseman yeah, those guys could good. both like, be starters. Jordan Poole, to me, is the bigger test case of this. Like he needs to be able to do a credible Steph Curry impression when Steph Curry is gone. And uh, I think he, he does. I think he does he, a good he job. He doesn't. He doesn't feel the game the same way, but he is good. And again, I, I think he's like. I think he's so fun to watch. Like he's just so good. Like he's yelling and screaming. He's taking wild shots. Like he he has that that early like career stuff in him for sure. Where it's like a roller coaster. Ride. And he can create his own shot. Like I think he's better than Jordan Clarkson or other like bench scorers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I agree with that. There, there's more yeah. to his game, and they've again they they deserve credit for his development, just like Wiggins. And and so my my curiosity is like, I was amazed at Draymond Green's ability to get himself back into shape this season and and play like he cared again when he was healthy. But I don't know that his body is going to hold up. And I, and I do think that, like, Poole is not going to replace Curry. Don't get me wrong. Like, we're again, we're talking about, like, a top 
15 all-star. Well, Curry, as I mentioned, he's under contract for four more years. So they're right. relying so on him there. being a you know an all-star. And it seems like that's the case for a good while. Like he was really good this year. But I I am curious, like defensively speaking, like is Kaminga supposed to be that guy who steps into that Draymond Green role? Because I think when the Warriors are at their best, yes, Steph is an absolute magician on offense. But when they are at their absolute best, Dan, you know this as well as I do, they are incredibly tough defensively. And so well, yeah, I think they're relying on Kaminga to be sort of the Igudala auto porter. Tracy Tracy McGrady said that uh that's who Wiggins is. Like Wiggins is like Maybe. the new version of Igudala. Like he doesn't pass it quite as well as Iggy does, but he scores it better. And then like he's probably not quite the caliber of defender, but man, he was he was great. Great. Oh, that would scare me to give him a huge contract. Just <laughs> he's gonna get paid. I, I think he deserves it too. I, you know, and you, I, you mentioned I, before his teammates seem to love him. I, that's what I was gonna say. Pop, te- you know, after the I texted you, too. and he got. He, there were so many people that seemed just so ecstatic for Andrew Wiggins that, like, and you know, I think it's interesting. We do need to like pay attention to guys who just get miscast because of like their draft status. Like, oh, he's supposed to be this alpha who, like, and you know, he's maybe he's just not that right. He's just a good teammate who works. He hard definitely and, does not seem like that. His personality no. does not seem like, and that. he seems like such a nice kid. And like, again, he. he I do think there were times in, in Minnesota where you watched him and you're like, is this dude awake? Like, is he paying attention? But like, I saw one moment in this series where I was like, man, his off the ball lapses still exist a little bit. And then it just didn't happen. Like once Draymond was like more engaged and the help side D was there and stuff like he was, I mean, he, he, he absolutely outplayed Jason Tatum for this series. Like I, I I'm not, this is no knock on Tatum. Wiggins played great, but like, yeah. If you well, told you know, me before the series that Wiggins was going to be the best wing in the series, I'd be like, all right, you're crazy. Like, you're an idiot. But you he would was, say, now that these guys are under contract, they're going to be title contenders next year, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, like I said, I don't, I don't think that, I think there's a good chance that if Chris Middleton doesn't sprain his MCL, that you might have been right all along, Zan. I think that that's, that's yeah. the one kind of caveat to this. I think you're probably right in your assessment that, like, we just can't count on Ben Simmons. So like saying that we think Brooklyn will be there next year right. is, is, is probably not smart at this point in time. So I, I don't know that a uh, Boston, I think will be back in, in at least good enough. I, I, I do think they'll be in the mix. I think the, the preseason favorites were, you know, I, Brooklyn's still up there again, but golden state Milwaukee, I think is up there. Yeah. Phoenix yeah. is probably still somewhere in the mix, but you know, depending on what they do with eight. And I, I do want to, you know, the last thing on the golden state, I thought was an interesting roster. Now that I have their books open. You know, they're going to have to pay huge luxury tax regardless. James Weissman next year is under contract for $9 million. Okay. You know, yeah. can you but the year after they actually have a team option on his contract for 12 yeah. million the year after it's like, that might be hard to pick up if, unless he shows something. Yeah. I mean, I, I had somebody text me this morning and ask me what I thought because like, so, so getting back to the wind horse thing, like Bob Myers was basically like, you know, it's not fair to say this is a checkbook championship because Every single player on their roster, with the exception of Andrew Wiggins, every other player was either drafted or signed as a, 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 on a minimum deal. Now, Iguodala is kind of like skirting it a little bit, but he is technically on a minimum deal. You know, they traded for him originally as part of the core. But that's, I mean, that's the case of what happens with really good teams. It's like you have to pay guys, right? So you pay Steph Curry, Supermax, totally makes sense. Clay Thompson at the time makes sense. They got Draymond actually for like a little discount, but his deal is more than fair. You know, Wiggins is the max guy, but the nature of the league is you can fit three max guys on your team. And then everybody else is like, you know, they're, they're going to have to figure out what to do. And like you said, like the Wiseman money is like the one that makes a lot of sense. Like you get that off the books. It might, 
you're talking about 12 million like right if you're not paying it, it, the guy, it could if actually, you're not playing the guy but but Zan, like that that 12 million could actually be like 40 million in terms of yeah. actual dollars spent right and that's I, I can't remember who wrote this article it was somebody on the athletic but he was saying that like they signed Gary Payton and it cost them $12 million and Gary Payton's making like 1.5 million. Right. So on the books, you're like, Oh, you're paying him not a lot of money, but like, that's a huge deal. Gary Payton's making is costing the Warriors more money than like a lot of other players. So like, they're probably going to have to waive Damian Lee. Like I said, auto, I think will probably get a bigger contract somewhere else. Bielitsa probably would make sense to bring back. He's, he's pretty good, but like, you know, they're, or, they're or with this- Weissman's big number, do you use it as a carrot and you're like, let's just get a serviceable rotation player for that 12 million. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if they want a center, but like, would they trade it for like Daniel Gafford or something? I don't think they need to resign. I think Gafford makes more money than James Wiseman, but um, I understand what you're thinking is, uh, or, or a wing, you don't know, they need or whatever. To resign you know? Kevon Looney? I think they will, but I, we talked about before. I, I don't think you're not a big fan. I, I'm a fan. I, I, I like, like him. him. I just don't think I'm like a lot. The championship about- odds. What about this? Tell me if you would pound it or pass it. Next year, according to BovadaSportsbook.com, uh, Golden State plus 500 is the favorite. Boston plus 600. Brooklyn plus 650. Clippers, plus major potential. So, yeah, like 600, 700. Milwaukee, I think, maybe underrated, still 750. Phoenix, 950. The Lakers may be a little underrated here, of plus 1400. Oh, I saw them at 12 to 1, and I would gladly book people's action at that. Uh, they're not. <laughs> What about Dallas? I thought this would be higher, fifteen hundred. Yeah, I don't know. I maybe mean, I with, thought it'd be you know maybe more. with Christian Wood. I, I'm truly not sure. It Denver, like fifteen hundred. It feels like a wide open field. Uh, Milwaukee seems Philly, under Philly sixteen hundred. What about New Orleans, forty to one? Yeah, okay, you spend your money on New Orleans at forty to one. All right, I want to talk about I want to talk about Boston for a quick second. Okay, sure. We we said we were going to go short and spend forty five minutes, but that's what happens. Like I like talking about basketball. You do too. Oklahoma so, City, a thousand to one. If you want it. They're the actually the, not the worst. What's the, the what's, worst are Houston and Orlando are 2,000 to one. What's the line in the office? If you can get 10,000 to one on anything, you have to, <laughs> yeah. you have to take it. Um, so, so Boston, a couple things. Uh, I thought Emi Udoka did a fantastic job this season. Um, I thought he took a team that had some clear fundamental issues within, you know, two wins of an NBA championship. I, I thought he gave them a lot of confidence. This is a team that like, in my opinion, had a, had a, few fake tough guys, I would say, like not, not a team that I thought was like really ready to win at the highest level. And they almost did. I, I think they will be better for this experience. I think losing on their home court, I think having to recognize some of their own issues, uh, because this is a team that, that definitely tried to play with like a lot of swagger. Right. And, you know, Milwaukee and Miami weren't tremendously good offensive teams, but Boston's defense was, was fantastic. Don't, that, that don't, don't mischaracterize this, but like, you know, Boston's offense was not by any right. means. Right. And so they could win some low scoring games, but Golden State, like they pretty much had the same baseline the entire series, right? They scored like 105, 110 points every game. The issue with, for Boston was that like they couldn't score and I jokingly said they should add somebody like Monte Morris or Tyus Jones, but like they, they probably need a ball handler with a little bit more pop to the rim. Yeah. Cause we mentioned they didn't attack. Well, um, I think you're right. In fact, I would say everyone's counting on Boston. Obviously they're the second favorite to win next year. They, they are very good. Like, they're, they're very good. And they're maybe we're their best team this year, but like sort of pencil them in next year. I'm like, I would short them in yes. this sense. Cause it's like, 
Al Horford, shout out to him. He, he proved me wrong. I thought they would shelve him. He played one of his best games. Yeah, he looked. But he's old. And he's in I great shape, what, by the way. He, he's lost a ton of weight. Like, I, I, I just, just don't know what they're, how they get much better than yeah, this. And, and then you're talking about Milwaukee and maybe Brooklyn being better next year. So, so the, big, the big thing with, and, and you don't know, here's the other thing too, right? And you don't know what's going on with Robert Williams' knee. Like, yeah. I thought Robert Williams was their, was their best he player was great. in the series. Like, and, and don't get me wrong, like Jalen Brown was was good in spurts and Tatum had some moments, but like Tatum was really largely a bad player for them from games four on. Like he just wasn't very good. But the big issue for them was that like they got this amazing game from Derek White in game one and then he was awful for five games. Yeah. And so like, they, like you said, they, they sort of signed Derek White to be like, the backup point guard right behind Marcus Smart. And it's like, all right, well, we have these other guys that can handle the ball and distribute. But like, you know, I don't know if you remember this, but at the time I was like, you know, the one thing about the white signing or trade was that like, he's a bit similar to Marcus Smart for my taste. Right. And so at the end of the day, like they just didn't have a guy, like they, they turned the ball over. Like, I mean, last Thursday night, they're just throwing it all over the court in a game where like, just, just, like hold on to the ball, right? The, the fact that Jalen Brown can't dribble the ball like more than twice without it being an adventure is it's really bad. And so like, to me, they, they just have to find, you know, I, I don't know that I would do something like give John wall the mid-level exception if he gets bought wow. out, but like they probably need something similar to that. Like they need a guy who can be relied upon to make some plays and get a Jordan to the pool type. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not Jordan, but I, I think they need more or of like an guard. attacker. Guy, I think they yeah. need more of a point guard in my opinion, but yeah. I mean, that's what they need. And like, I just, in, unless they get that guy, I don't know how they get a lot better unless Tatum takes another leap. And it seems. Well, that, that was going to be my point. Cause everyone thinks they pencil in these leaps for these young stars. I mean, Jason Tatum is probably a top 10 guy in the NBA now, right? right? Which but he he's 24 and you think, oh, he's going to get much better and better and better. Statistically, he's been the same guy the last two or three years yeah they were just better defensively as a team yeah and he's been in the league five full years now it's not you know so you think like he's young and he is young but this is sort of his prime i think I was, and i, I, I say the same with like dallas and luca like luca's been the same of, guy three years in a row yeah and tatum has, and luca the same have played tons and tons and tons of basketball this isn't a situation where like you know joel Embiid, right he probably had more growth in his game because he hadn't played a ton of basketball right and then it's like and that's fine they're you know top 10 guys or whatever but it's like Devin Booker and Phoenix. Like, I don't think he got a lot better. It's just like they improved the team around yeah. him. And then I mean, Tatum, Tatum made some noticeable improvements this year as, as like a passer and a defender, which I think. Yeah, that's true. I, I but I mean, it's like, like at the margins. Like, I don't think he's sure. going to get like, I don't think he'll be a top so, three guy. So like my thing for Boston would be like, you need to find a point guard, right? Whether that's a guy that's going to play 20 minutes a night or he's going to be a starter or whatever. You need to find a legitimate point guard. It just has to happen. But like also we need to do something about the bench, right? Grant Williams is probably going to make a little bit more money than he deserves, but he seems to be a fine bench guy. Peyton Pritchard is probably fine as a third guard. I, yeah. I think it's pretty clear. You know, Ime went to him. Ime Duncan like went him. to him Maybe they early. need to empower him he's, more. He's fine. I don't know. He's okay. But like the rest of their bench, right? Like Daniel Tice is an NBA player, in my opinion. He's fine mm-hmm. as a rotational big, but he got played off the floor in the playoffs and that's troubling. But the like Jawan Morgan, Malik Fitz, Nick Stauskas, like well, you Sam made fun Hauser, of me for saying you know Luke Cornett, like yeah, yeah, you need roster spots like eleven to fifteen, but like they had nobody they could turn to 
on the bench to be like, hey, like, like the Warriors could go to Jordan Poole or they could put in auto or like, right. But the, you made fun of me for play. saying Aaron Neesmith was an important, you know, well, you said it was an his, action guy. You said it was his fault. Like well, he was no, the I guy think that, that let him if down. the difference is, yeah, they needed some guy to be auto Porter and that's who he should have been. And he just hasn't been that guy. Well, I mean, Aaron Neesmith's not six, nine. Like, <laughs> you know, no, I, I understand, not, but he's I long, understand he has long arms. He's supposed they, to be they a needed another wing, but he's never been that guy though. Like he, they drafted him as like a, a shooter with like some projectability. Right. And like, right. I think you remember this at the time, there were draft guys that like had real issues with Aaron Neesmith and like his shot profile. You and, did like, too. Actually, I was higher on him than you were. I just. Cause for you didn't totally a, buy the shooting for lack of a better word. I, I just knew that he was pretty soft. Like I've, I've got a lot of history with Aaron Neesmith and I just don't. Believe it. Like, <laughs> wow. That's a very in the lead there. No, no. Like I was in Charleston when he was in high school. Oh, okay. Like, and, and so like I, I saw him and you know, Porter Gowd, like he played with Josiah James and they were really good and they played on the same AAU team, but like he was super protected all the time. Like they played bad teams. Like he goes to Vanderbilt, like, you know, real smart kid, but like, it's not like Vanderbilt was blowing teams out. Like, and it just, he had like a, a hot shooting run for like 18 games or whatever, and then broke his foot. And all of a sudden it's like, all right, we're supposed to like believe this dude's going to be different. And, and I think it's fine to take a flyer on a six, five guy who might be able to shoot it at a high level, but like, ultimately you're right, Zan, like they, they need a better wing off the bench, right? Like, like the Warriors, they had Gary Payton, they had Bielitsa, they had Porter, they had Poole. So they had those four bench dudes they could go to, but like in a pinch, if they absolutely had to play Kaminga, they probably could have. Yeah. In or Mooney played a little bit against uh, Dallas. Did he play? I forgot. He played against somebody. Yeah. Oh, Looney too. So, so, and, and yeah. Aggie they had too. So they, they had literally 10 or 11 guys that they could go to and see like, Hey, and I'll go play? even a step further. I don't think Damian Lee's terrible. I don't think Damian Lee's good. Anderson he, is, a, is terrible. Like if, if Damian Lee, yeah, this is exactly, you're exactly right. Honestly, Juan Toscano Anderson and Damian Lee would be useful players on the Boston Celtics. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And so, like, I, that's my thing is like, yeah, the makeup of their team is ultimately going to be Tatum and Brown take most of the shots. But you're exactly right. Like, bench has to be improved. Al Horford, you kind of decide what you're doing. Are we really going to expect Al Horford to be able to play another hundred games at this level? Maybe he will. He, he, he's very good, but I just think like Boston, for me to totally buy that they'll, you know, catch lightning in a bottle again there's some meaningful improvements they need to make around the margins. And, and it's not just like Tatum right. and Brown need to, to avoid being, because they're obviously a very good team, but to avoid being like a third or fourth best team in the East. I mean, there's some, I, I'll say this, right. There's some chance that this Boston Celtics team is, is very similar to like the bubble heat team where like yeah. everything went right for them and they're very good and they have good players, but they're just not quite good enough because like, I, I think if you're hoping for them, you, you hope they're like Detroit Chauncey Billups team where it's mm-hmm. like, we're so good defensively. We'll score enough. Well, let, let we'll me, have let me chemistry and cohesion. Do, do you think Jason Tatum is better than Jimmy Butler? Yeah. I'd rather have him than Jimmy Butler. So what's the how many, age thing? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, no, I understand that. But just for like one year, right? Because, right. you know, Tatum is basically your prototypical, like this is the guy you win the NBA title with, right? He's a wing, he can score, he can defend. Like it just became so odd to watch him sort of. He folded. He, I mean, he yeah, did. he did. He, he maybe folded. he was hurt. You're exactly know. right. He was tired. I don't know, but like. He's a little soft. He's a little whiny. I still think he could be this, the best player. Th- this is, this is what, I, th- that's exactly where I agree with you. Like, I don't remember how often we talked about this and we did talk about the Warriors being, you know, healthier and, and, but like the experience factor of like when things started to go bad for the Celtics, they just, they, they weren't able to block that out. Whereas like, 
the Warriors, like Steph Curry shooting 0 for 9 in game five, it's like the most important game of the series, and other dudes are stepping up and making shots. And it's like, yeah, and, and it sucks because it's like to hate on Marcus Smart again, but he's supposed to be like their dog, and he just can't like crank it up and affect the game as much as other people can because he's Dude, just like, he, I, I honestly like, I like Marcus Smart. I think he's a good player. I think he, he works hard, but like, the antics, Zan, it, it's just, it's, it's so much to deal with. He's like, so, okay. There was like two plays in the game on Thursday night that were just like perfect encapsulations of Marcus Smart to me. The one is they're down 17 and Marcus Smart tries to take an off the ball charge in the middle of the game. Like it's third quarter. He like goes flailing on the offensive end. Clay gets a wide open three and he just misses it. Right. He just doesn't make it. But Smart takes like, like lets him have a wide open three. And then in the midst of them, like going back and forth, you know, the, the Celtics made a couple threes and then like Wiggins made a corner three Porter made a big Porter th- corner three. And then Marcus Smart just comes down and like five seconds into the shot clock. It's just like, all right, I got to shoot a three. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, I, I don't, he's not a guy. They try to post him up. He's not a post up threat. He tries to like get to the rim on Steph Curry. That's like not who he is. Like they need Marcus Smart to be like 10% less Marcus Smart. And he'd probably be better in my opinion. But a very good team. I, you know, shout out They're to good. Boston. They're really good. You Doka did a great job. I thought, I, I really thought they did an awesome job. I think they need to figure out what the right role for Derek white is. Cause it was pretty obvious right away that like, yeah. And he looked like rattled. Like he, he wasn't attacking at all. He, he was not Jordan shooting Poole. eventually. He couldn't guard Steph Curry. Yeah. And like, if you can't guard those guys, then like, what are you on? And, the you, team and you're getting paid 15 million or 16 million a year. Um, he's so good, he's a good player. But I yeah. like him too. I think he could start for some teams. Um, do you think like would if you were Boston, would you would you pay a premium to sign Tyus Jones? No, because I, I think you're fine there. I think it's just like you have to tweak them at the margins. I, I just don't think. I think the big question is going to be like who ultimately is going to replace Horford. I guess Grant Williams can slide in there. No, but I mean Horford's going to be on the team. Horford's going to be on the team next year. I'm saying in like two or three years. You know, you get to look ahead. How old point. is Al Horford? Thirty four. Thirty six. Al Horford's thirty six years old. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Al he might be is... even older. Let me look at that. No, he's 30. He's, uh, yeah, 36 years old. June 30 turned 40, 36. That's quite, it's quite something. All right, let's wrap it up. We'll do the draft next week. Yeah, we're going to do a full draft show. So we got this in. Thursday awesome series. Draft, right? Awesome year. Yeah, really fun. I'm going to be disappointed. I don't know what I'll watch on Sunday night. I know. What are you going to do? 90 day fiance reruns. Um, all right. Well, Zan, have a happy Father's Day, man. Let oh, and shout out to everyone who believed in the Warriors. Blake J. Harris took them and Boston. My brother, Dondrick, bet on Golden State to win the West and to win the title. Oh, yeah. Dondrick is uh, swimming in cash. Yeah. we're hitting. Uh, he's hitting about 75% on his bets. <laughs> he should have a podcast again. Um, but really hey, I'm really mad. That, I'm really mad that we called this out. I'm, I'm no, I mean. That, giving Dondrick his flowers is not something that we enjoy to do. <laughs> he's back on the podium. Um, all right. Congrats to everybody. All right. You we can, enjoyed uh, it, even if we weren't right about it i had fun i thought it was this was a fun playoffs in my opinion some really crazy stuff happened uh but you can email uh he is zan underscore ellison on twitter and reddit you can email the show xander kellison at gmail.com and uh for the second time this week zan it's been a pleasure thanks for listening to the underdog sports nba show with your host tyler laurie and xandrick ellison tune in next week for more nba storylines and news 